For exclusive content and online scripts for those who would like to follow along, visit projects.oudaily.com slash missing all the signs. The sweet smell of barbecue filled the air along Jenkins Avenue in Norman. Faces were lathered in paint and fans donned their favorite crimson and cream attire. Like any other Saturday in the fall, it was football time in Oklahoma. Thousands of Sooner fans were tailgating around Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium on the University of Oklahoma's campus the afternoon of October 1st, 2005. The Sooners were preparing for a 6 p.m. kickoff against an easy Kansas State team after starting the season a measly 1-2. As the excitement for the game ramped up outside the stadium, six blocks away waited Joel Henry Henricks. Joel, a mechanical engineering senior at OU, sported an unruly chin-strap beard which contrasted his short, black, curly hair. He was a lanky man, standing at six foot three inches. Joel was in his Parkview apartment, an OU complex in the neighborhood immediately southeast of the stadium, filling his backpack with the items he needed for the day. The stadium filled up as 82,000 fans scanned their tickets and made their way to their seats. It's an 11 minute walk from where Parkview once stood to the stadium, and Joel made his way carrying his stuffed backpack. Despite the 80-degree temperature and 13-mile-an-hour wind speed, it appeared Joel dressed in layers and wore a baseball cap. Peterson, he breaks three, 15-10, he'll score! Oklahoma's on the board! Joel has made his way to a bench outside George Lynn Cross Hall, around 100 yards west of the packed stadium. The bright student from Colorado, who had once earned a National Merit Scholarship, had recently taken a year off of school and was struggling with his mental health. He sat down and he waited. So coming on for the point after, Garrett Hartley, the kicker, sophomore out of Southlake, Texas, eight of eight in PATs. Holder freebie, it's up, it is good, and Adrian Peterson gets on the board. The clock read just under 11 minutes left in the second quarter. OU fan Jeff Lawrence said the atmosphere in the stadium shifted. There was a little bit kind of a, a lull in the crowds, you know, there's always ebbs and flows in the game where everybody's crazy and then there's a moment where, you know, not much is going on, people aren't cheering, there's not much going on, and the intercom there's just kind of a lull. Blitzing on the play, the strong safety. So a loss from the 12-yard line. Jenny Clements, a season ticket holder, was sitting in the stadium with her husband when she heard the explosion. Bleachers kind of rattled under us, and my husband's Vietnam veteran. He looked at me and he goes, That was a bomb. The OU Daily, in its podcast series Uncovered, examines the 2005 explosion outside of the Gaylord family at Oklahoma Memorial Stadium and the chaos, fear, and change that ultimately followed. I'm Paxson Hawes, and I'll be your host as we hear from those who knew Joel Henry Hendricks and from those who were involved with the months long FBI investigation that followed. Joel's story was riddled with conspiracy theories driven by fear and paranoia. It had only been four years since the 9-11 terrorist attack devastated the nation, and only 10 years after the Oklahoma City bombing changed Oklahoma forever. Everyone had the same questions. Was it terrorism? Did he work alone? What led him to this park bench? And why? We'll hear about the discrimination projected towards Joel stemming from the conspiracy theories. We'll hear about who he was, his struggle with mental health, and the changes to OU's mental health resources and security guidelines. Scoopy Axon, then OU Daily's crime reporter, was the first call the Daily's editor-in-chief made shortly after the explosion. 
that night I was sitting at home watching the game and our uh, editor-in-chief called me uh, and says, uh, you need to get down to the stadium. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm watching the game. <laughs> she was like, no, you really need to get down here because people are like filing out in the second quarter. There's something going on down here. As Axon, who had recently returned from New Orleans where he was providing disaster relief efforts to Hurricane Katrina victims, arrived at the South Oval, an OU police officer who served the National Guard with Axon immediately pointed out a bomb robot. Now Axon knew something serious had occurred. Joel, it turned out, had packed a day planner, chemistry book, wallet, various hand tools, and an improvised explosive device in his backpack. He detonated his bomb, killing himself but harming no others. Students studying in a nearby building came outside after hearing the explosion and were met by black smoke. And I had them describe to me what they saw. So basically they saw, and if you could imagine this, a pair of legs on a bench. That's it. Law enforcement officers started filing out of the stadium and rushing to the scene. Norman and OU police officers secured the scene and started the investigation. Phil Cotton, who served as the Norman police chief at the time, attended the October 1st game. Once Cotton was aware of what had occurred, he returned to the stadium to inform members of the athletic department. The FBI had several agents watching the game inside the stadium and quickly became involved in the investigation. It was kind of looked like it might be a terrorism or attempted terrorism act, so they came in quick. The, the, the primary uh, jurisdiction was Oklahoma University Police Department, and then the FBI came in to assist with that. It was absolutely a circus on campus. So the next day, I go down to the South Oval, and it, and it looks straight out like a CSI scene. Like there's like FBI and there's like um, markers where evidence is. It looks straight out of a TV show. Um, and so the the bench where where the the gentleman sat and, and strapped the bomb to himself, there was a bus right in front of that bench. And the Norman Fire Department was out there cleaning off like human remains. It was that surreal. With the FBI involved, OU students and Norman residents were itching for information. It wasn't long before rumors and conspiracy theories were floating around. The FBI interviewed friends and family of Joel, collected evidence, conducted searches, talked with witnesses and security from the stadium, accumulating in an over 100-page case file compiled over nine months. Everyone wanted to know what led to Joel killing himself. Why did he use a bomb? Was this suicide? Or did Joel have other intentions? You have to wonder why a person would be all geared up with all those explosives and walk, I mean, real close to the, the stadium that had, well, 85,000 people in it. Next time on Uncovered. This was a talk of, of everybody. Everybody had their conspiracy theories. Their experience, especially when, you know, I found out that it was a suicide bomber. They won't tell me what happened to Joe. They just say, well, he's been seriously harmed and seriously injured.